from One World Trade Center, where we can't figure out a 401k, but we can fill out a fancy lineup. Welcome to the Golf Digest Fantasy Podcast. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Fantasy Fix Podcast. I'm Alex Myers. Once again, I'm joined by Joel Beal, and we are both very excited. The Masters is finally here. Uh, first, let me just get some stuff out of the way. Uh, once again, Golf Digest has formed a partnership with FanDuel. Uh, we've partnered with them for a weekly fantasy golf contest. It starts every Thursday morning. It's five bucks to play. You could win a hundred bucks. You could also win a Callaway Epic Driver. And if you sign up for FanDuel uh, and you're new, you get a year s- subscription of Golf Digest with a deposit of $10 or more. So pretty good deal all around there. Uh, go to FanDuel.com backslash Golf Digest to play now. Okay, let's start talking about the Masters. Joel, obviously, this is the first major of the year. It's kind of, we were just talking it's the major where the cream rises to the top more than any other. Um, it's the same course every year. The players know it. They're familiar with it. What um, What are you excited about seeing this year? Personally, it's it's the main storyline going in, but that doesn't make it any less uh, any less exciting. That's how the speeds respond. This is a guy mm-hmm. who, if he wins last year, if you remember that that not even that Saturday, that Sunday, as he had the what five shot lead. Everyone's thinking this is it's the new speed there. Now coming in, it's it is the Dustin Johnson era. Before that, we were talking about has Justin Thomas, his his buddy, actually surpassed him as the better golfer. Uh, this is the guy who's gone two one two at the Masters. If he if he wins this year, that's Tiger esque. That's been something that puts him in a very rarefied air. And if, if you look at, I've a lot of times when we we do these podcasts, certain courses fit a guy. I mean. I can't think of another player on tour that that just screams Augusta than Jordan Spieth. He's the best, one of the best two or three iron players. And putting under pressure, again, maybe two or three other guys come to mind, but those are just two traits that are so rare to find. And the fact that he's kind of already done this three times at 23 years old, it really has a forecast for just an unbelievable next 10, 15 years. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that that is the biggest storyline because I think it was going to be, but then – I think just Dustin Johnson's recent run has overtaken it. And as you kind of said there, I think that's good for Jordan Spieth. I think everybody's just talking about Dustin Johnson. It's kind of taking the pressure off Spieth a little. Because like you mentioned, everybody expects him to contend still, um, at least at this event. And everybody wants to see how he's going to react when he gets to the 12th hole. I know he's (laughs) joked about how he's gone back there and he's birdied the hole a couple times. But until he's in contention on Sunday, we really don't know how he's going to react. Um, I think he's a good enough competitor, great enough player, obviously, to put it behind him, but we, we shall see. But you're right, it's a great storyline. got Dustin, we got all, all the other stuff going on. Um, it, it, it should be a great week of golf. So, Joel, without further ado, let's kick it off. Who is your top pick to win the Masters? Well, the top pick, I just mentioned, is Spieth. He, uh, yeah. you know, got, again, one, two, one, two. That's It's the easiest, I think, in terms of, how to justify your pick? The guy's only played in three Masters, and his worst finish is a T2. Um, you know, again, seasons of Dustin Thomas, um, even Matsuyama have kind of clouded speed. But since switching, we've mentioned it a few times after he switched irons in November, he, he's been unstoppable. He, he's had two wins in seven top 12s in nine events since making that iron switch, and he ranks second in strokes gained approach this season. So 
he struggled off the tee, but he's like if we remember that Sunday, he was awful off the tee. He was all over the place. People are wondering, this is amazing. The guy's doing this. The fact he can't hit a ferry, you can do that at Augusta and get away with it. As you kind of even saw with Tiger back in the day. Um, you know, I'm not a betting man at least anymore. But if I was, I'd let it all ride on speed again to win this year. Ooh, all right. Well, I, I have to say, if my life depended on it, I would take Jordan Speed. Push comes to shove. I don't know how you could take someone else over him as well as Dustin has played. You mentioned the track record. He's led seven of eight rounds there. Um, it, it's just incredible. You just expect to see him at the top of the leaderboard at Augusta National. But I'm going to try to be different here, and I'm going to take Dustin Johnson because this is you know a historic run that we're seeing right now. Uh, six wins in his last 16 official events three in a row and he withdrew from the Houston Open to kind of bring this three tournament winning streak into the Masters no one outside of Tiger Woods and then you'd have to go before that has won four in a row I mean we see Rory done three Dustin's now done three but uh, he's trying to not only win a first green jacket but win a fourth event in a row and you know he doesn't have the same track record as Spieth here but he is trending in the right direction. T6 two years ago, T4 last year. Of course, we've seen what he can do to this course. He made three eagles in one round uh, to break a record. Uh, just It's just tough not not to pick him any week. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ride him. I know it's an obvious pick, but Dustin Johnson. No, and I, I feel bad repeating myself from past podcasts. But, again, if you look back at the tape last year, he was right there. Yeah within the last two hours exactly. on Sunday, and he just could not make a putt to save his life. I think that's kind of what, if you look back at why Oakmont's so surprising, is that on the toughest greens in golf, yeah. the guy who was a notorious bad putter not only got away with it, but actually excelled. Um, it'll be interesting to see he, he switched putters uh, in the offseason, and clearly it's working. Um, you wonder if... What, what t- you're our expert um, equipment guy. What Tell us a little about that putter. It's similar to what Jason Day. Used, it is. Right? It's the yeah. same. It's the spider, and the, the main thing it kind of gives you is a little bit more forgiveness, especially on the eight, eight to nine footers in, which is what plagued them last year. Uh, granted, he also used the blade putter, the, the Cameron blade putter, to win Oakmont. So it's not like he was, you know, he clearly right. had that. But right. he, his putting has gone. I, I know we kind of. There's been studies that have you know shown the significance of putting, at least on the PGA Tour, is not what we think it is, but. Augusta National is its own different animal. It's it's the one there's they don't have the undulations of the speed like any other place on tour. This is a this is something where you really need to be on your on your short game. Um, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if the the move to the new putter. I mean, it's clearly given dividends already this season. I think this could be the if you're looking for a reason why Dustin could maybe avenge that Sunday uh, for 2016. I think the putter switch is a good good catalyst for it. Yeah, I mean his putting has gotten so much better. Obvi- obviously his wedge game has gotten so much better and that's that's the biggest improvement but you know he was never a terrible putter but he's now it's not like he's a great putter but he's a decent enough putter mm-hmm. and yeah you're right the fact that he broke through to win his first major on what everybody calls the toughest greens in the world at oakmont it shows you he can handle tough greens and yes he's even more comfortable now with that new putter so now, and to his defense one thing you do look at the tape it's not just the missed putts it's Augusta National, it's it's one of those courses where sometimes you're better to be 15 foot, 15 feet right of the hole than like four feet to the right, left side. Right. And I think a lot of times he was putting himself on the wrong side of the hole. So interesting to see if that comes into play this year as well. Um, who's your number two guy? 
Number two guy is Justin Rose, who has played in this event 11 times, and he's made the cut in every appearance with four top tens and a runner-up. The type of ball striker he is, it's astonishing. It's actually the track record's not better. Um, he's very quietly putting together a nice season. He has three top fives in six events. Um, he's in the top ten scoring ever in Eagles, and with how wet it's going to be, I think you really need to be one of those guys who goes low. I think the course is going to put an onus on that this year. He's 36 years old, and frankly, he's kind of running out of time. But, you know, perhaps he's never been suited better to grab the green jacket. You know, it's funny. We've poked fun at Rose in the past for you know, never taking off that gold medal he won. Uh, which, you know, let's be honest, it was against a kind of a feeble field in Rio. Can you imagine what this guy's going to do if he wins Augusta? <laughs> like, he yeah. might literally play every tournament yeah. for the rest of his life in the green jacket. And you know what? I would, too. I'd yeah. probably do the same thing. So, But, no, I, I think Rose expect to see his name there on Sunday. That's a good point. I mean, we've seen champions, you know, Phil drove through Krispy Kreme to get some donuts. Danny Willow was at the at Wimbledon last year with the green jacket. Everybody gets to take that jacket for a year. It's one of the coolest things in sports. But Rose really might overdo it. That's a good point. I'm telling you, he even might be in summer in Aaron yeah. Hills. He <laughs> might play with the green jacket on. <laughs> That'd be great to see. Um, you mentioned the soft conditions and – the forecast is getting a little better, but early in the week there is supposed to be a good amount of rain. It should soften up the course. And as we've learned in recent history, nobody takes advantage of soft golf courses quite like Rory McIlroy, mm-hmm. our guy, Masters of None, first-round draft pick. What a great pick that was over <laughs> Dustin Johnson. Uh, no, here's where he redeems himself. Although, I already picked Dustin, but <laughs> Rory <laughs> shows you my confidence level. But no, Rory with a soft course, if if the rain comes like they say, should definitely help him. You know, he has one of the weirdest track records at Augusta National of anyone you've seen. He was actually one off the lead through 36 holes last year. You don't even remember that because he shot a 77, I think, in the third mm-hmm. round. And it's that was his seventh round of 76 or higher in the last seven years. So he, he has one awful round each year i know it's a lot to ask that he loses that but if any of those 76 77s get turned into just a 72 he's right there and just like dj t6 and a t4 uh the past two years so he is trending upward as well at augusta of course this is the one major he has not won yet he's trying to complete the career grand slam so he does have that little extra pressure on him but again you have spieth with the pressure you have dj with the winning streak um Rory is not the number one storyline. That probably helps him as well. It's going to be a big week for Rory McIlroy. Also nice to see that he, you know, in the terms of the acclimation to the new new clubs, he's at the last two times we've seen him, he, he's looked really good. Again, he's had that one or two holes that have kind of messed up the entire tournament, which has kind of played in the last three or four years. But as you mentioned, it's if any time to take advantage of Augusta National, this will be the year with the wet conditions. It, yeah, as you mentioned, it, it is clearing up a little bit, but it's still, for the most part, going to be a little, if not soaked, a little bit on, on the wet side. So, man, if he doesn't do it, no, again, he's still young, but I mean, he's still got plenty of time left. Yeah. But you would, you, it, for it's amazing for a guy who's playing very well coming into it. It seems like we're not even really talking about yeah. Rory that much. Well, he just hasn't played that much, but uh, certainly he he's going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about a lot this year at the majors. All right, next uh, next guy, Joel. Next guy for me is Ty Hatton, who the parallels to Danny Willard are almost spooky. Mm. It's it's a name most casual fans don't know, but, I mean, he's 15th in the world. And he comes in as arguably the hottest Euro player. 
His last 12 events, he has a win and seven top tens. And these aren't just your run-of-the-mill Euro Tour events. He had top fives at the Honda and at the Arnold Palmer. So, And he also had a good showing at the WGC Mexico mm-hmm. as well. I think he finished 10th there. So, moreover, he's proven he can do it on the biggest stages. I think he had top tens at Troon and Baltusrol last year. I'm a little concerned that he's never played in the Masters. Obviously, this is the tournament that's been historically unkind to rookies. But he's third in strokes gain and first in strokes gain putting. So, as we talked about earlier, you know, this is the one place that defies that paradigm of putting doesn't really mean as much on the professional tours. Again, just ask Dustin Johnson last year what that means. Um, best part, Hatton's 65-1. to 1. Those are some really good odds for a guy who's 15th in the world. Uh, yeah, no, then the, the parallels are spooky, and it's funny you mentioned Willett and that 65-1 to 1 because that's actually what I bet Willett last year. He won. It was one of my, my great uh, gambling accomplishments ever. But what's crazy is that a year later, as the defending champ, Danny Willett, the same Danny Willett, is 100-1 to 1 now. And last year, 65 to 1, it was, he was kind of a long shot. Now he's 100 to 1. He's the defending champ. Same odds as Tiger Woods. Same odds as Tiger Woods. Um, so, anyway, how quickly things can turn. But um, yeah, Hatton has been playing some great golf. No doubt about it. Another guy, young guy who's been playing great golf, another rookie, is John Rahm. And, you know, it's funny, we did this um, ranking the best bets at Augusta we started about a month ago and I put Rom at number six in the original ranking and it seemed a little high at the time but he's now up to number three on my board because he has just played so well obviously he's almost won the first two world golf championships he's ever played in you know incredible stuff there uh, both times he's lost to Dustin Johnson as well so um, just playing phenomenal golf you know, it scares me a little that he he doesn't he hasn't played here before. And actually, it's kind of surprising that someone who had that storied of a amateur career never qualified for the Masters. But he didn't. Um, but as we've seen, every new challenge that he's faced, he he's overcome. Uh, he he's not only a tremendous putter, but as we saw, especially at the Dell Match Play, he can crank it just about as far as anybody. So I just love John Rahm. I don't think he plays like a rookie at all. And, um, yeah. Uh, that was very telling how he played against Dustin Johnson that final yeah. match, especially how not only just bad he played those first Yeah, he was nervous holes, at the beginning. Um, yeah. But, you know, obviously he had that kind of display of emotion, but he kind of used it to his advantage on the backside. And, mm-hmm. again, he lost, but, man, you, if you're a investment in Rom, you have to be <sighs> – have to be excited the way he bounced back. There's a guy who shows he's not afraid of the big stage. And it's if anything, I think that could have been a really nice, you know, warm up into the yeah. Masters going against DJ like that and taking him to eighteen holes. Well it's crazy. He you know, he's in the top fifteen now in the world ranking. He only has nineteen events that count. I was just looking at this. The minimum divisor is forty events. So everybody else has forty events. So basically you can double what he what he is in in world ranking points and that's really a true estimate of what his world ranking would be. So he, he's just, uh, you know, what he's done so quickly in his career is really incredible. And, um, again, you know, the the length probably overshadows the putting. And, and, yes, he did look a little shaky with the putter against Dustin, especially, especially early on. But make no mistake about it, he's a great putter. Mm-hmm. And he got a, already a few practice rounds in at Augusta as well with – Mickelson's brother who right. knows, knows the course pretty well himself. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how he, how he uh, runs in his first first time. Yeah, and if he's smart, he's really buddied up to, to Phil. and Because, and, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, 
few people know that course better than than Phil Mickelson. Um, all right, who's your final of your your foursome? Then we'll we'll talk about some other other guys. But who's your final of your four? Final guy for me is Adam Scott. Who this will make you feel old. This is already Scott's sixteenth Masters, and mm. man, where's the, where's the back But uh, yeah. you know, obviously his win in twenty thirteen sticks out. Also finished second in twenty eleven in both two other top tens. So. He's 38th in strokes game putting, which may not seem great, but this is the guy who was perennially outside the top 100 for let's you know most of his most of his career. Obviously, that one year where he was way high up there, but um, finally kind of adapting to you know the, the new putting rules. The the driving aptitude remains. His second shots this year have been a tad shaky, but he has seven top 15s in his last eight appearances. So I won't read too much into that. I think Scott, I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets his second green jacket this week. It's funny because last year. He was one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. He had that great run, runner-up, two wins in a row. All systems go. And then we just didn't hear from him for a while. He finished – playoffs he played pretty well. He had some top fives. But um, it looked like last year he was really about to, you know, jump into that top five and just stay there. He hasn't done that. But, yes, yeah, certainly great record it's here. Like quietly seventh in the world right now. I don't think a lot of people would realize yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. I mean, he's done you, – you, you have to do something to stay that high. So um, my last guy has fallen a little below that in the world ranking, but he's a guy who just, when you watch him play, it's like Scott. You see his swing. They're actually compared a lot for having the best swings on tour, arguably, and that's Louis Oosthuizen. Um, of course, he had the one really close call in 2012. It was especially heartbreaking for me because I had a 90-to-1 bet on him. And Bubba Watson hit that hooked wedge out of the trees, uh, really stuck a dagger into my gut. But um, he, in addition to that close call, Louis has four top 25s in his last four starts at Augusta. Um, you know, he's playing well. He's not playing great, but he's he just never seems like he's playing great. But he had he just pops out of nowhere and, and has these great finishes at majors. I know he had the back-to-back runner-ups um, at the majors a couple years ago. And for whatever reason, I just... Again, I'm going with the gut here that was so daggered by Bubba, uh, and and I'm I'm leaning on Louie this week. That's be one of the greatest shots that didn't involve a win, right? That double eagle. Oh it, yeah, it exactly. Was... I mean, right. You make that shot, and you don't win. It's uh, it's pretty staggering. There, I mean, there are other moments in sports like that, but that they kind of get forgotten. It's like, right, oh, we're talking about Bubba's wedge, but yeah, he made it. It's like it. the uh, Raji Davis home run off of Chapman. Well, exactly. Just, just, lost, just lost year, right. Now. Well, and the one I always think of, um, the Mets, when uh, Andy Chavez made that the catch, the yeah. catch robbed the home run against but then they still lost uh, game seven in the car. I'm not a Mets fan, though, so I was happy about that. But um, anyway, Louie, Louie's a guy. Also, what I like about Louie is he's currently, according to Westgate Las Vegas, 50 to 1 odds. Um Again, I think that's pretty generous for someone of his caliber. You know, a, a major champion winner, three other runner-ups. Uh, you know, you're looking down the board here and just say, you know, compare him to a Henrik Stenson, who, great player, better player than Louis, uh, but doesn't even have as good of a track record really at Augusta, and he's 25-1. to 1. So you got Louis 50-1. to 1, You know, so you, when you look at those things, that's where I think Louis starts to become a, a nice, nice price there. Yeah, without a doubt, and he's a guy who, you know, this year he's he's kind of been a little bit all over the place. But you look at kind of some of the events that you that have a nice correlation. I guess that he's he's played really well. Um, again, with with his 
this ball striking, everyone kind of mentions you have to be a long hitter to win Augusta. That's kind of a misnomer. If anything, you can kind of do whatever you want off the tee. It's that's it's a second shot course, and Usain with that sweet swing, I think he's probably one of the top ten, top fifteen guys in terms of approach. Um, yeah, he. It's funny you mentioned the 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 fifty to one because I personally I would say if if you, if I was making the bets I'd put him at thirty to one. So if, right. if you're if you're a yeah. gambling guy I think you got to hop on those odds. Yeah. Um, any other guys that you want to talk about? I mean, we for how much we talked about him earlier this year, Matsuyama's a name that yeah. seems like yeah. who you know he's gotten a little cold. Um, he has. And as as we mentioned, this is if we want to put the emphasis on putting, then we have to mention that's kind of Matsuyama's Achilles heel. Um, in that same breath, I mean, again, he's so good off the tee as well as on the approach. You would think, even if he just average in the short game, he'll, he'll be right there on Sunday. Um, again, I mean, he's obviously he's not one of my the four guys I'm going with, but Matsuyama's a guy, I think, at least to me, who I'm really interested in watching this week. Yeah, you know, it's funny. He's still listed at 20-1, to 1, which is... The fourth, fourth or fifth best, right? Fifth best odds, uh, tied with a bunch of people, including uh, Justin Rose and Phil Mickelson. But... I just think that's a little too much for me. I, and, and he was actually down to 12 to 1 mm-hmm. after his hot streak. So I guess if you want to look at it that way, he's a little bit of a value right now. But I still think 20 to 1. You know, last year I, I bet on him as well. And I didn't bet on everybody, all right? I had like five guys. <laughs> I but I, say, but I had But I had Matsuyama and Willett on the last day, both giving me a chance. And, and I really started the day thinking it was going to be Matsuyama. He was in the second to last group. Um, I think with Bernard Langer, and they both just tanked that last day. I mean, Matsuyama still finished in the top 10, but just I watched him those first few holes, and, man, was he shaky with the putter. So it kind of made me think, you know, yes, I know all the wins he's piled up. I know he won the WGC in Shanghai, but there is a little something different to that Sunday major pressure, um, especially when you're holding the the putter, a a stick, you know, a club that you're not great with. so, I don't know. I'm still staying away from Matsuyama. Another a guy who I like kind of in that middle range is Brooks Kepka, 60-1. to 1. And, you know, I'd, I'd have to check on this, but I'm pretty sure when he was rolling last year, um, you know, he's playing great at the PGA Championship. He was getting a lot of love to make the Ryder Cup team, which he, which he obviously did. I'm pretty sure he would have been about 30-1 to 1 at that point. Now he's 60-1. to 1. Yes, he's been struggling. You know, it's incredible. I just saw he is currently ranked 200th. And I didn't even know you could be ranked that low on the PGA Tour. 200th in approach to the green strokes gain. That so is at abysmal. Some point, you'd see our names, I feel like, on that. You know, yeah. Like I mean, some, at least past like 185. Right. You could sneak it in and no one would know. Well, it's funny because when you, whenever you see like the guys who are the worst at something, it's always like 188, 190 maybe. But 200. But, but he's 23rd in putting. So he's actually putting better than he ever has and after missing the cut at the Arnold Palmer Invitational he actually went to the range had a session where he says he quote found it and you know he looked great at the world match play Mm -hmm. he played great he you know he lost in once they got into the knockout round but he made it out of the round robin uh format and you know I think he's got the swagger back he he was his Claude Harmon said his swing path was too neutral he thought he was doing one thing. Even even Dustin Johnson chimed in and gave him a swing tip. Who knew Dustin Johnson ever did <laughs> something? On, yeah. But um, anyway, Brooks Kepka with his power um, and the way he's putting right now. Again, if he really has figured out the swing, I think he's a great value at sixty to one. Also, in terms of value, I mean, he's relatively low, but for a guy who was lighting the world on fire just six weeks ago, Justin Thomas is a name. Mm. That- 
not only us, but I feel like you look at other previews, no one's really getting on the Thomas train, which is weird because he seems to, I mean, again, everyone loves the Masters, but Thomas seems especially, you know, kind of toyed in on, on this idea um, of being a Masters champ. Again, as a guy who is really, really good at the approach, you would think Thomas would be in the top three or four guys mentioned. I think that just kind of speaks to how many really big names are hot going yeah, against the Masters. It's true. Um, but for a guy who's played here before, and only that, plays practice rounds with everyone's favorite marker, Jeff Knox. That's what right. More, what more information, inside information, could you need? That's right. Thomas will be a guy. It's, it's weird. For some reason, you don't think of him being a guy who would be able to kind of attack a wet course but with his distance as well as his iron game. He, he's got to be in the, in the handful of guys who are expected to compete this week. Yeah, it's funny. I remember last year writing a post saying that Justin Thomas was the best value bet of anybody in the field. He was 80-1. to 1. So right now he's thirty to one. He had, he'd gotten as high as twenty to one after that, you know, streak and, and the fifty nine and all that in, in Hawaii. So yeah, I mean he he's not a sleeper anymore. Obviously, he's one of the top ten players in the world. But you're right. He because he hasn't won now in what a couple months. We've kind of like forgotten about him because Dustin Johnson wins every week he plays. Uh, Spieth has won a tournament. You got Matsuyama. You got uh, Rory Rom coming back. Coming you got on. Rom coming on. I mean, you got all these guys at the top are, are just playing. Three wins Ricky and Fowler. a fifty-nine doesn't do it for you. Anymore. Ex- exactly, <laughs> it's just it's old news. He's still right. Exactly, he's still tied with Dustin Johnson for the most wins on tour. It just seems like you know Dustin Johnson's blown everybody away of late. Um, I want to just say two more names, uh, sleeper picks. Um, I know you're going to laugh, but I'm going to start with Bill Haas, who is a hundred to one odds. You know. And actually, that just dropped from 125 to 1. Should have bet him when he was there. But that third-place finish at the match play bumped him up, as it should. Haas has played in the Masters seven times. He's made the cut all seven times. Uh, Four straight top 25s. Career-best T12 a couple years ago. So nothing spectacular. But, again, if you you have a pool and you're looking for a guy deeper to slide in there, not one of the, the big names, I think he's a very solid play. We've seen, you know... Week in, week out, he finishes in the top 20 basically every week. I mean, he hasn't won in a couple of years, but a lot of solid finishes. And another guy at 100-1 to 1 is Alex Norin. And again, he is ranked 10th in the world, and you can get him at 100-1. to 1. That just blows my mind. He's won four times since July on the European Tour, but um, as we saw at the match play, he gave Dustin a heck of a battle. Yep, he, you know, Rom ended up coming back to make it close, but Norn, it was actually close uh, throughout the match on that back nine. So, and and you know what, he he had joked about not being able to hit it as far as DJ, and of course, really nobody can. But he actually he can hit it. Yeah, he's not a short hitter by yeah. any means. But more importantly, where would a Haas potential victory lie on your biggest moments of your life? Oh, top man. two. Well, I was going to say easily crack the top ten. Probably top five. Yeah. It'd be up there. I mean, the, the, him winning the match play might have been in the top <laughs> ten. So. And that that was a great run by him. Uh, and it's funny because I was kicking myself. I wanted to come in here and say, man, I was going to pick Haas last week. Because I actually thought that his pod was kind of weak. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was going to – and the whole thing with that tournament now is you have to get out of that pod. It's kind of a crapshoot to get into the other crapshoot. It, it, the whole tournament's a crapshoot. But – I, Which I gives even more that. reason that the fact that DJ was able to. Yeah, oh, that's, that's the amazing. biggest thing. Yeah. I feel like he should almost get double the points. For no, that. I agree. And that, that's why when, when Tiger won it back to back and the fact that Tiger's won that event three times, I mean, that's that's incredible. And you know, all, obviously, all his USGA match play success. Match play is 
it's ridiculous. But again, this week, of all the majors, the Masters is the one. It's always, a, almost always, a great, great player, at least someone who's ranked very high. Again, like you said, Danny Willett was number 12 last year. People think he came out of nowhere. He did not. Um, so if you're looking for winners, you know, I'm mentioning these 100-to-1 guys. Again, Alex Noren is a guy who's ranked 10th in the world, and Bill Haas is a guy who's won the FedEx Cup championship. So he's, he's not like – he's a sleeper, but he's not an mm-hmm. untested sleeper. But you are going to probably get a winner of these big names. That's why we said so many of them. But in your pools and everything else, you need to fill it out. That's where you look for some of these other guys. You know, what's interesting, only one true rookie has ever won. That's Fuzzy Zeller in 1979 because – Yep, in the modern era. Right, because yep. a couple other guys won, but it was – third year of the mm-hmm. tournament that doesn't that doesn't count but this year you'd have to say um and I'm, i actually was just talking with with the sport one sports book they're waiting till the final field is set to um set the odds for the rookies a rookie winning but this would have to be the best chance of a rookie winning ever you have john rom you have ty hatton and you have alex norin right off the bat i mean those are three guys in the top 15 right yeah. none, none of those guys would be shocking if they won so um, if there's a year for that spell to kind of be broken, I think it could be this. Um, but the part three cu- curse, I don't know. I don't know when that ever is going to Wait, end. there's a curse? I was not aware <laughs> of this. <laughs> I will say one guy I forgot to mention who he's, he's going to play, it sounds like, um, Gary Woodland, who's been had an extremely good season, a little bit of a breakout campaign. Um, unfortunately, had the uh, dropped out of the WGC match play because of some personal issues. His wife had a miscarriage. Um, we're definitely thinking about the Woodland family. But that's that's a guy whose game, again, he it, it should play really well at Augusta, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of you know, some emotional ties there, and that would be a really great storyline. So uh, keep at 80-1 to odds, I think Woodland's someone that should be on your radar hmm. as well. Also, we have to mention Jason Day. He is going to play. Um, his odds have fallen. He was a co-favorite. Back in February, he's down to fifteen to one now. So, actually, it's not that bad when you're considering you're getting twice the odds of a, of a Spieth or three times the odds of a Dustin Johnson. He and has, you know, he almost won as a rookie. Um, then a couple years later, he finished T three, but he actually had the lead with a couple else to play. This is a course that he. I mean, last year, that front nine, he turned everyone thought, yeah, this guy's hottest. You know, oh it's yeah, it's over. It's Just over. cancel it. It's over. And then he had that really rough back nine right. and kind of fell apart again. Another guy who. who with, with the putting really kind of did him in, I guess. Uh, um, yeah, it's again, it's you, you feel for him, especially what's going on in his personal life. But sure. you know, if he, this is also a guy who can overcome that type of thing with with his game. So it, yeah, it's it's going to be really hard to understand, you know, predict what's going to happen with mm-hmm. him. But yeah, it, it's someone who we at least worth met. <clears throat> someone who's the least worth mentioning. Definitely, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, he's he's got a lot on his mind right now. So we've seen that he's not off to the best start this year. We kind of know why now that that's the case so again i think we're both staying away but but we're we're rooting for his family obviously and and we're hoping that he turns things around uh, well i guess that'll wrap it up for us we we talked about a lot of things um as you can tell we're very excited you should be as well i'm sure uh you know you got some pools you got some parties to go to even snoop dogg has a party this year so everybody's you going to that has a party i hope so i hope so i hope i'm on the you know the guest list what do you say to him if you actually walk up you like do you call him mr dog (laughs) right is it mr dog or is it snoop yeah and first first time meeting him what is the protocol i gotta ask someone who knows who's met him before walk past him once at a lakers game and uh yeah (laughs) is he a tall guy 
Or is he? He's like six three. Yeah, so, that's pretty tall. Yeah. Well, I guess for a man of your stature, it's yeah, not. You know. To me, that seems pretty tall. It, it, it's yeah. Put it this way, you'll uh, <laughs> you might have a contact high walking past them. Yeah, that way. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear who his picks are, and um, something tells me he's probably not picking Alex Noren or Bill Haas. But I'd love to hear his picks as well. Maybe we'll get that at his party. But who knows? Anyway, to everybody out there, good luck in whatever you're in. Uh, please check out FanDuel dot com slash golf digest get in the mix there and thank you for listening enjoy the masters and we will be back next week